0: Welcome to the Love Cars On The Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman.
1: Welcome to Love Cars On The Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. We're a little bit late this week, my apologies. Thanks to this person or virus thing here that's going on, it's like a, a bad flu. i um, have yeah. been down for a couple of days, but anyway, enough of that. Um, We got loads to go through. It was a crazy busy weekend all over the world. F1, F2, F3, Porsche Super Cup, all from Austria. Bit of crowd controversy we'll come on to first. WEC from Monza, where Peugeot made their debut. Um, You had some buggies, some off-road electric buggies in Sardinia and over in the USA, NASCAR and IndyCar. Um, With some news, maybe, possibly, the next uh, McLaren driver might be coming from uh, stateside. Um, Back home, there was a fastest lap someone from from someone i don't know who it was but there was a fast slap somewhere in a oh back home of the uk look
0: forward, to hearing, look forward to hearing about that
1: um and that's pretty much it but we've got to kick off i think tiff with this crowd controversy over in austria what do you make of all this there's a couple of different things that are happening one let's start yeah. the booing
0: well, the trouble is yeah, it escalated big time. You know, we commented a week ago you know, that Lewis was complaining at Silverstone there was a bit of booing and don't boo Max on the podium. And I think we have to, to as we build up to what then grew in Austria, that we have to put in the context that this, it's really from last year, you know, and it was such a controversial year you know, with, with massive Max fans and massive Lewis fans you know, rioting about the Abu Dhabi and so much on social media. Um, so there is this, and I think, you know, the booing, it only happens rarely when there's, you know, just an occasional sort of, you know, contra- controversial thing like this. It's not all the time. Um, but it sort of got worse in Austria, because after Lewis had his crash in, in, in qualifying, you know, there was some booing from the opposition fans. And I think, you know, everyone says, you know, he was saying, well, you, you must have boo. I could be on my way to hospital or something. I honestly don't believe, if it was like a... a Grosjean crash or a Zhao crash, I don't think that would have got any part of the crowd, well, hopefully not, you know, doing the boom. But when he skates across a gravel trap and hits the wall, and we've seen that hundreds of times in Formula 1, and Formula 1 is so safe, really, at that level, I don't think anybody thinks, oh, he might get hurt in that crash. And I think because you so want that driver to be out of qualifying, and it's the same with the British fans, who Stappen fell off in that manner. I think there is an initial, you know, a boo goes out. Then if, the, you know, if the driver didn't get out of the car, I think there'd be a stunned silence, you know, and every, everybody in motorsport would be concerned. So I think you have to split the sort of where you boo them, but it is a human reaction. We, we're both football fans, you know, and it happens all the time with, with, with opposition players we don't like. They get a lot of, and it's not saying it's good or should happen, but I think if you're on the edge of your seat and something happens that pleases you, you go, well, hey, you know, how it out? Oh, no, it might be, you know. So if, that's the booing.
1: And the football analogy is the perfect one because then um, opposing fans, if somebody is seriously hurt, and we've seen that yeah. before, um, always they'll get a standing ovation.
0: Hush crowd, team. ovation yeah. when he's stretched yeah. off and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's I think you, have, you can't completely put a lid on a sort of natural reaction when there's this huge adversity between those two drivers that's just happening at this moment. And probably not with any other drives, it wouldn't have happened. Then it and got Lewis, worse in Austria. Sorry? Did,
1: did Max and Lewis like each other?
0: I don't have no idea. <laughs> but it got worse in Austria because, you know, there's mass crowds on both sides. There was, there was apparently some sexual harassment, uh, awful racist names coming out. and you know, The crowd did seem to be getting more and more, dare I said like a, a bad football crowd. Uh, so it does need somehow reining in this sort of Max, Max versus Lewis uh, fans. So um yeah when the sexual harassment really was horrendous sounding and, and that's got what to be crept up.
1: People about that because it's a bit it's upskirting it's called and it sounds horrific. But Yeah,
0: I mean, some poor girl was you know was assaulted really in modern terminology you know, and that really can't be having happening. Awful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know
0: a bit of fun a bit of enthusiasm maybe they'll cheer when you when someone goes off but then you know, respect and you know as I said I think it was a big shunt nobody you know because those big crashes like Grosjean's and Guan Yu Zhao's they, they put quiet on everybody with terror um, it's a shame that all happened because it was a, quite an entertaining Grand Prix you know Ferrari won so uh, it, it was a good Grand Prix marred by crowd control yeah
1: it was a very good Grand Prix I felt sorry for Carlos Sainz who of course came off yeah with, Lots of confidence from from uh, the week before, but uh, it was, and I felt sorry for Ferrari. It just shows how much on the edge these these cars are. Yeah,
0: and, yeah. I mean, the, the other the trouble is we, we, we track limits and overtaking that that stupid circuit. Well, I think it's a bit stupid, you know. Always causes controversy because it is some of the so two or three of the corners are designed almost that if you go wide, you're going to go off track limits. They're sort of you're ending the corner while still cornering. there's a classic late apex corner that doesn't happen. It's when a corner cuts in on you towards the end, when you're already committed from the apex onwards. So you almost can't add any more lock, which is the same that happened the action. But the track limits and the turn form clashes are both because the guy, when you've committed to an apex in a two-ton Formula One car, you're committing. You can't then change your line, which is why if you then drift out with understeer and you do the track limits. So... But it happened in Formula 2 and Formula 3. I mean, there were just so many track limits uh, called out. But just go to the overtaking. You know, George the the problem they've allowed this, if you're ahead or level at the apex, you then have right away. By the time you've got to the apex, you can't do any more. You've defended like mad. You've braked as late as possible on the inside. You've got to the apex. Where you go next, the driver has no more control. He knows that he needs all the road pretty much. Um, but if the guy on the outside has done this bold move to get an inch ahead, he's then saying, right, I've got the right now. But the guy on the inside says, well, I know it's your right, mate. Yeah, I know that's the rule, but I can't do anything. With the, um, it was Gasly, I think, wasn't it, who did uh, Vettel later on. You actually see him turning the steering wheel more, but that makes more understeer. We all know that. You feed where the grip is. So this overtake of the outside law still needs to be looked at. It's very specific to some circuits. We've got two race directors, and the drivers are now beginning to say, you know, more oh, we need we need the same feeling of both race. You've got to listen to us more. Um I commented also this going a straight line. We almost had another Guan Yu Zhao incident going off the line in the sprint race. Again, that was that was um that was Gasly, wasn't it? Just just moved a bit to the left, and you're going up to the first corner. You haven't got time to and Lewis was still had his nose in there. No, who was it, Lewis? Who did he go across? Yeah, it was Lewis. You know, and they clashed, not so dramatically, of course, as at Silverstone. So there's a bit of a going in the straight line off the grid element of a problem. Um, and this overtaking round the outside, um, which, you know, you, you, you can't have. I mean, in my days of motor racing, you know, if you, if you tried round the outside, you knew that you'd have to give a lot of room, not just you need know, an inch of room, it's my line. Because the guy on the inside has breaked as late as possible, so um, yeah, but plenty of battles. So move on to the plus sides. Mick uh, Schumacher, Mick uh,
1: Schumacher. Wait, wait, wait. So if the guy on the inside is completely offline, so the line is outside cutting in, but the guy on the inside has got you, um, and you still got to obviously you got to yield to him. But then you then you would expect to get the uh, undercut and get him on the way out uh, with a better exit. Is that?
0: which way is going now the undercut (laughs) if you break well the undercut was the old the old way of doing it right the guy on the outside you push the lead the bloke ahead of you to the inside knowing he's then going to run wide this created the undercut so then on the outside you'd break a bit more and cut back to overtake on the following straight but because the new regulation that doesn't encourage you to look for the traditional method of overtaking so now the, you're encouraged to break less and just get an inch ahead before the apex. So it's almost taken away the classic undercut, which is you know, what we saw at Silverstone when Lewis you know, went by um, both Ferrari and thing. So,
1: I'm asking for a friend because we will come on to it at the moment with Cage from Racing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh,
0: oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so let's get back to positives. Mick Schumacher, I think, was the biggest positive. I mean, he's been transformed. I don't know what happened. Maybe when he cut his car in half in Monaco they gave him a new one maybe the car works better but uh, you know he's, he's come alive and funny enough when he, did, when he won the Formula 3 championship he was useless for half the season and then someone at, at um, the team clicked and got a setup he liked and he won sort of six races on the trot to win the championship so I've been dropping Mick for next year and now all of a sudden he's back in the pack well he finished what fifth didn't he now Mick was sixth and K-Mag was eighth yeah um Lots of battles going on. The Mercedes again. The Mercedes picking up third and fourth. They just seem to be they seem to be slowing a straight line is one of their problems. Whether that's aero or engine, we don't know. Um, but they fight hard. I mean, George had his nose knocked out when he when he knocked Perez and had to an early pit stop, but he still fought his way back to fourth place. So if we can just get those Mercedes half a second quicker, we're going to have a fabulous battle. You know, with six cars, you know, battling for the lead. But, um,
1: Wouldn't that be amazing? Because it's, it's normally always a two manufacturer championship. Always uh, throughout the years, or, or one will dominate it. Um, so it would be great to get all three of them in the mix. Yeah, or more or even more. Yeah,
0: but yeah, track limits. And Formula Two and Formula Three. I watch those races. <laughs> but again, there were so many track limits, and it just it almost shows it's the circuit that's at fault. It's the it's the the, the shape of the corners. So many of them encourage this sort of you commit to the apex. You've gone a bit too quick. It's quite, quite like the kerb the exit of Turn 1, say so yellow sausage. So that is a very obvious, so a driver can't say you didn't feel it. You, know, you either put gravel there, which a lot of people want, there'll be so much gravel everywhere, and cars stop at the gravel track. Um And I think Lando got pinged for his third track limits because he went over that yellow sausage kerb. And as he said quite rightly, the kerb is so big, it um, it I lost a second, or I lost half a second. So it was almost a self-disciplining kerb. But then a kerb will cause an accident, which will come to kind we'll of Monza World Endurance Sports Club. Um, but Carlos Sainz, in fact, just going back, we're back again to negatives. Uh, but turn one, sprint race, he didn't try to go inside that yellow kerb. He just deliberately turned one first lap, saw, oh, Russell's got me here. He shot straight off, almost before the big yellow kerb, and came back on with more momentum than George. They overtook him before turn two. No action, by students. <laughs> Anyway, curves, 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 Um, Just to go through Formula 2 and Formula 3 quickly-ish of Porsches, um, the sprint race is won by Aussie Marcus Armstrong, who was 10th fastest, got pole position. You know, I don't want to like uh, sprint races. It keeps to give people wins, but um, Marcus, it's good. He's won. Um, Theo Porsche, who qualified ninth, was given second on the grid, finished second. It's also predictable at times. <laughs> Um, but the main race was fascinating. It rained in the morning. Formula 3 race was really wet. And the front six started a wet in the F2, but it was a very much a drying track. On the top 70, wasn't it? But 8th place man on the grid, Richard Vichur started first one to start the slicks. Um, he won the race, but then he didn't win the race because he ran out of petrol on the way in. So that promoted Yehan Deruvela to win the race. But (laughs) he didn't win the race because his Pramer team had been out with um, the leaf blowers drying the track around his tires. You would have leaf blowers on the grid to cool your engine. You're not allowed to dry the track. So he got pinged 20 seconds, which meant that the third finishing post, Logan Sargent, who won at Silverstone, got his second uh, feature race. He came through to be the man that won the race. And surviving, goal well, we had two Brits. We mentioned last week, haven't really got any competitive Brits, but two struggling Brits had a really good weekend. at with JQs. He finished fifth, and Ollie Colba was sixth. So it was some good news for our British F2 drivers. A fairly chaos rate, chaotic race, entertaining. Um, and Roberto Merhi, a word for him, the, the Spanish driver, he, he was in Formula One about five, six years ago. It wasn't even one of those weird teams at the back, Caterhams or something like that. So he's got a seat back in F2 for one race. He qualified 21st, A fabulous race up to second and finished the feature race second. I forgot about him, but he got pinged for track limits three times, so he got pinged back. So, in fact, of course, yeah, Logan Sargent was actually fourth on the road and won the race. Wow. Um, Formula 3, the American Jack Crawford won the reverse grid race. Um, But the main race, and this was actually something I brought up last week, remember I talked about Isaac Hadjar. Who won the uh, reverse grid race at Silverstone, um, and then came through from that ninth on the grid to finish fourth in the feature race? I thought he looked—you know—he overtook well in the, in the reverse grid race. I think he started about fourth or fifth, and I was questioning well, how on earth he's never won a championship of his life. he's really sort of seconds and thirds. How did he get the Red Bull gig? I was intrigued to know—you know—who picked. But obviously, someone at Red Bull has spotted a talent because he was sensational in the wet and just romped away from pole position. Um, to win the, the Formula Three race. So, me and Red Bull have spotted Isaac Hedjar, French. Um, but obviously, I'm not sure his parental where he's from. French. Now, I get in trouble if I say that because I just said a name doesn't look French, but his name doesn't look French. Uh, but anyway, a real talent, I think, for the future.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, Porsche Super Cup, we're now following that a bit. So, we've got Harry King up the front, qualified second this time, Harry. Still hasn't won a race, but he was on the right-hand side of the grid, which was after the rain in the morning. Wasn't as quick. Spun his wheels, uh, dropped back and finished fourth. But uh, looking forward to Harry King's first Porsche Super Cup win.
1: If Tell me, who's going to win the Formula One um, Championship? Is it going to be Max or Charles or somebody else?
0: Max. I, don't, I, don't think, I, don't, I think Charles will close and close, but I don't think there's enough. Well, they were they were way off the pace in uh, Austria, Max. We I mean, got overtaken three times by Leclerc when all the tyres were different, different grip available. So who knows? I mean, Ferrari have got a rear wing that's given them good straight line speed because that's where Max had a bit of an advantage before. Um, and that's where obviously Mercedes are really lacking. It looks like Ferrari have got an aero setup that's giving grip and straight line speed at the moment. So if Carlos, if they finish 1 2 ahead of Max for about four or five Grand Prix, uh, it, it could get really exciting towards the end.
1: You could, and on paper actually. So Charles has had six pole positions as opposed to Max's three, um, but Max has had six wins over Charles's three. But um, Charles has led more laps. He's led two hundred and fifty-eight laps over two hundred and
0: fifty-three. I, well, I don't. What's what's the points gap now then, at the top?
1: Um, Thirty-eight. So. Oh yeah, so only one one retirement. One retirement, twenty-five points. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> one retirement. <coughs> excuse me, from um, Max and a win from Charles. But it's going to make it interesting again, but it's still interesting. Well,
0: Obviously, I like Charles do it. I like Ferrari to have a win. So, all right, I'll change my mind. Charles <laughs> <laughs> or Charles? We should say Charles. Yeah.
1: Uh, you, can, you your, your French is a little bit better than mine. You can. You can say Charles, and I'll say Charles.
0: And sports cars—the world debut of the weirdest-looking hypercar that's ever graced the grid. I think, apart from the Audi. you're referring to? Sorry. The Peugeot? The Peugeot, yeah. with a funny name was a nine times eight or nine X eight. I'm not sure I've um, researched why it's called a nine X eight. But of course, it was because all the press pictures, it had no rear wing on the back. And I was one that said it'll, it'll have a wing by the time it races. It'll have a wing. And it, didn't, it didn't have a rear wing on. Um, it was reasonably on the pace, this balance of power. I don't know whether they're working on exactly the same rules as Toyota, whether individual manufacturers have given different balances of power. But it was more or less on the pace from the word go. Um, I didn't know, actually, there is some sort of coefficient of drag versus downforce. There are rules, actually, that that dictate that, you know, you can't actually have a lot of downforce. You're only allowed a certain amount. So, anyway, it was a weird-looking device. Qualified I'm not quite... One didn't make qualifying because it broke down, and the other one, I think, qualifies fifth or sixth. Um, But with, with an extra 18 horsepower, the Glickenhaus... Now in blue, the most beautiful-looking. The Persia's the ugly duckling. The Glickenhaus is the swan. Um, Got pole, stormed away at the front, uh, but sadly had an engine failure, which put it out. And then we had the the Alpine, which is a... What do they call it? Some re-thingy. It's not a proper hypercar. Um, It's an LMP1. A grandfathered LMP1, they call it. Anyway, the Alpine boys started catching the Toyotas who were sort of cruising around, a bit off the pace, thanks to the balance of power pushing them backwards, overtook one, then uh, tried to take the lead and and Kobayashi shut the door slightly at the end of the straight, and Kobayashi's tyre got ripped off his uh, Toyota. So the Alpine got through to win in Monza, uh, the Toyota second and third, and one Peugeot finished, and the other, was 33rd and the other retired. Anyway, very promising debut from Peugeot, but it's just, it's not the sort of car, (laughs) maybe it is the sort of car you want to stick at a Photo on your wall, but it's an ugly thing to me.
1: It's amazing. I think it looks really good. It reminds me of the um, Ferrari Daytona SP3, uh, SP3, is that it? The new Ferrari supercar. So, is it a good time to talk about sausage curbs?
0: Well, yes, because in the sp- sports car races, Aston Martin had the most horrendous crash. We need Abby Eaton here to be the FIA's curb manager. Um, it was quite a normal curb, sort of the, the normal serrated, fairly heavy serrated curb. I and mean, he actually, it's a place where you wouldn't normally go over the kerb because he got it sideways turning into the, what's the, I don't know, which the fast left, right, left of Monza, the scary chicane, isn't it? Um, so he got it fully sideways at the first apex. So he went out to the edge of the road and got the nasty kerb absolutely side on. because the car's already maximum rolled, the tyres are on the limit, and it just dug in. Um, and it ripped the door off and ripped the underbody off and just sent him into this huge role. Um, and lucky escape to was Enrique Chavez. Um, Enrique, my Spanish isn't as good as my French. So it's a curve that nobody would ever go over. It's not a curve where you'd go to gain an advantage, it's not like an exit curve. So it's almost an unnecessary curve in that place. And I think this is the whole thing with track limits. You've got to go to every corner the racing driver to understand where you are going to want to make a bit of an advantage by going over a curb. Um, Cause people said, we'll put gravel in the middle of that Ascari chicane. But if, you, if they'd gone off as he did, he would have taken a whole beach full of gravel and reappeared on the exit of the corner, <laughs> shoveling a vast amount of gravel over the circuit. So you want to try and avoid corners where you're going to bring gravel back on the tracks so left in the middle of an S bend. They're not ideal. Um, so I really don't... I don't know what the answer is. I think you've got to get go it. I mean, obviously, Abby Eaton, she had a sausage kerbs at 90 degrees to the way cars
1: would go. Well, that's obviously not a
0: good idea, is it? As Abby quite, you know, unfortunately demonstrated.
1: If you look at Abby's so, tweets and the amount of drivers, including, including uh, Ben uh, Collins, the amount of drivers that say that get rid of the sausage kerbs, just get rid of them, um, but, but you, you're not so strongly in that opinion. If they're,
0: if they're in the right place... So the exit of turn one, as I said, in Austria, it's your car's already finished the corner. so You can't attack it from side on. You can't attack it from head on. It's not in a position that that's in any way possible. So a nudgy sausage, when you're finishing the corner, so you'd actually know where the track limit was because you've just nudged a a bigger, you know. It depends on the height of the sausage curve. And it's just something where someone, the FIA, need to appoint track limits engineer with a racing driver following them around because I'm available the
1: curbs are much bigger some of them are, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the smaller ones but but the thing is when you know they're there you well i, I do and i'm sure everyone else does you drive on them because they, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. so it's it is r- really difficult but um yeah so. i always
0: think the, the best way with gravel ideas is if you know now they're saying it's when your inside tire completely crosses the white line, you're pinked. And the drivers are saying, well, even with those those silly mud guards, it's actually quite hard for them to see. But also they're so already committed, as I said earlier, they're just understanding why. But if you had there are one or two corners where if the gravel started, <laughs> as your wheel is almost gonna cross the line, your left wheels are in the gravel. So that would be it would be a two ways of telling you when you've track limited. People say I didn't do it. When did I do it? I didn't do it because they, it's so marginal on the inside; they can't feel it or see it. So, if the gravel was just on the edge, so you, the, the gap between gravel and white line is narrower than the car, then that would be a much simpler way.
1: Of you know, I would have—I'd have a team of geeks, certainly in the top races like um, F1. I don't have to be geeks; um, we—you know—it we could be any normal people. But I have a team of data analysts or looking at the images. And I know you're really against this, but issuing track limits and, and if you get them within the race it, they get issued you get a five second penalty within the race and I know you're really against that because then you don't know No, no,
0: it, is, no it is mainly in the race but,
1: but it is confusing
0: for the public you know, because they, they're pinged it like in the Formula 2 race you know, the winner was you know, well he ran out of fuel but second and fourth <laughs> um, it's just so confusing to the Joe public you know, you see the race end
1: if it, they would soon stop if they would. Soon, people would soon stop doing it if if they were. Getting, but they don't know they've done it. All these
0: drivers say, "I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But I didn't do it."
1: If, if it's that's it, because like at the MSV circuits, Jonathan Palmer circus, by the way, brilliant, um, yeah. and where they just simply take a photo. If you go on the sensor, so so uh, something along those lines, you go on the sensor, take a photo. It's in black and white or in color, uh, yeah. and that's your penalty, and the driver can. Say I didn't. Yeah, do it. but
0: then you know you've got the penalty because the pit board tells you or something. But half the crowd don't know; so they see them no, race to the finish, finish
1: line. TV. So these these analysts put it on the TV. They're employed and they have to put it on. It says plus five seconds, plus five seconds, and then and then it would almost in a way become more exciting, wouldn't it? Because then no. oh
0: <laughs> I hate working out. Okay, he's got a five second penalty. Where does that put it? Of course, if you have a if you have a, a safety car with two laps to go. And you got a five-second penalty, you know, you, you lose about twenty places after the restart.
1: Yeah.
0: Whereas, you know, if, if the race goes to the end naturally, your five-second penalty might drop you two places. Yeah. So no, uh, I hate all these penalties like that. But I has something has to be, It is the only way to do it. We have to have track limits, and I think oh, you're right. The, the penalty. I, I I quite like the sort of drop a place, drop one place. Yeah. You know, so you just have to let one car back past. Because then you all know, you can see it on the track, then you race to the finish with no penalties So, you know, drop one place is your order. Try that. It's, it's the future.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> too tired to think at the moment.
0: <laughs> the other bit of future, you know, let's move on to more future. Extreme E, yeah, they were bouncing up and down in their buggies in Sardinia. Nobody seemed to be talking about it on the internet or social media. They actually had a race on the Thursday. They had a header, a Thursday and a Saturday. There's some good pictures on YouTube of massive rollovers. They do roll over well, those buggies. I mean, I'd be terrified to drive one. Get them sideways in the dirt, and they just tumble.
1: I well, saw Jensen at the um, at Goodwood Festival of Speed, and the lean on those things is incredible. It, they, uh, oh, they had
0: one got up the hill, did they?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, they're very softly sprung. I mean, brutal on board when they race, but it was pretty processional. I watched the final on YouTube, and it was pretty processional.
1: So you're anyway. not... Just-
0: i'm not warming i'm still not warming to extreme me no they're all these made for television there's no spectators out there of course it's all these made for pr tv stuff
1: and influencers
0: And influencers all out in sardinia saying this is wonderful yeah no
1: which is jealous that we never get invited
0: <laughs> probably looked at some of our videos we're not on the list um so, yeah, but the, the otherwise motorsport over America, there was there was not, I mean, not much anywhere else in the world. The US had a NASCAR race, which was another quite cracking race. Another uh, dramatic finish, Chase Elliott managed to win. But we had another, because great with NASCAR, you know, the, the small team can win, as we've seen in the past. And Corey LaJoy um, walked his way to the freight, led the last restart. But um, Chase, he said he, on the interview, he said he didn't know what to do because he was... He had to set the pace and went in the you know restart to go, go, go green. Uh, so Chase had out fumbled him. LeJoy had one final go on the last lap of taking the lead around the outside and Chase squeezed him up into the wall. So LeJoy, a lap from winning, ended up causing another multiple mass shunt. Um, so that's entertainment. Uh, but the main thing in America is the car gossip. No races last week for car, but it's all kicking off. Um, contract-wise, I mean, today in fact Chip Ganassi said palu our champion has re-signed for next year three hours later McLaren this is probably yesterday in America of course McLaren says we've signed Polo. so there's, there's amazing battles going on um, trying to get Alex Polo's signature so McLaren now claim they got him uh, over at McLaren Formula One they invited Carlton Herter over to Portimao for two day test this week Monday Tuesday of course, Herta drives the opposition, Andretti. So Pato Award, the McLaren-signed team man, who had some test laps as well last year. He's pretty a bit nose-put out the joint. So it's all kicking off. Um, and sort of McLaren, sort of trying to sign up everybody. So it's, it's like one IndyCar driver. It looks like they're going to be in a McLaren Formula 1 car in one or two years' time, depending on uh, Ricardo staying for another year or not. So the candidates are now Pato Award, who's already tested, for McLaren, Colton Herta from Adretti, who's tested for McLaren, and now they signed Alex Palou, Palau, Spanish, not sure pronunciation, sorry everybody, who's dumped Ganassi, the team that took him to the title, to move to McLaren with the promise of a Formula 1 test, which all means that poor old Felix Rosenquist, who's in the number two McLaren car, Indy car, looks like he's going to be stuffed down to McLaren's new Formula E uh, seat next year. You the miss, massive goings on. People
1: from that name, Sebastian Vettel and Alex Albon from that potential. Alex? They can't employ
0: Vettel, please, please, I hope please, not. I mean, please. Vettel, he's
1: amazing and he's... a. He's I a,
0: know, he's a wonderful he ambassador. He, you know, basically. a bit like, I mean, I mean you know, it's great. I didn't mention him in the Raid of the Formula One race. Dear old, um, where have we gone? Going mad myself now. I've lost it now completely.
1: Sebastian Vettel, Alex Albon. No, you know...
0: Who came through and who finished 10th? Fernando, I knew someone else I meant to mention. Fernando, yeah. who didn't even start the sprint race, had to start for the bat, and he battles away and he finished 10th. You know, he came through fighting away. So these old veterans, they sort of sometimes seem to put an effort in and other times they, you know, it's. I just think that some new names need to be given the chance. Although Alex Alban does deserve a front of the field uh, Formula One, another go at a front running car. Maybe the Williams will be a front running car.
1: And why keep him until the end of the season? Be ruthless like Red Bull. Be ruthless. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's one of the most entertaining blokes ever in Formula 1, but he's, he's, mm-hmm. not, or he's not right. Yeah, yet. but, yeah, but he neither
0: Herter her, her award or Palau will be ready for F1 this year, so I think that would be a, bit of a jump of the gun. Okay. Um, more sadder news for IndyCar that Tatiana Calderon's Rocket money hasn't been paid for this weekend. So one of only two females in, in top-flight single-seaters looks like their ride might come to an end.
1: So who would um, be out of her and uh, Jamie Chadwick, a single-seater race? I think Tatiana would beat
0: Jamie. But yeah. then Tatiana's, you know, right at the back of, you know, major single-seaters, so...
1: I did see yes. something funny, um, on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm not going to retweet it, but it was um, showing current Formula 1 drivers if they were NASCAR drivers. <laughs> They've got the sort of wraparound shade. Yeah, all, yeah. They've all put on a bit of weight and grown beards. But it's funny the perception over the years of NASCAR. But of course, the NASCAR guys are, you know, fit, fit athletes as well. But um, well, you
0: think they are, and yet they all are quite chubby. But they race every weekend. So they have got to be fit. Haven't they to do all that? Um, I in other news. I in other like news.
1: Yes. Good nights again the other day when I was ill, getting over my COVID with uh, Oh, did <laughs> Ricky Bobby?
0: <which> is, <laughs> oh. <laughs> In other news, in other news, yes, someone got a first fastest lap of their driving career. No more podiums, but a fastest. I watched, watched the times on Timing Solutions. Timing Solutions, great stuff live. I watched your race live. But you got up from you only qualified eighth. You got up to third, didn't you, in race one? But it looked like every, there was just a battle between eight cars. Qualified sixth, got up
1: to got up to third. Um, and then the safety car came out and I just dropped back to a seventh. It's just, it's it's brutal. You, you leave one gap and you get mugged by three cars. Um, and then the second race, I started seventh. And, uh, to be honest, I, I finished third because I overtook Mark Jones. We had an amazing battle. Mark and I, um, overtook him down the final straight going into the chicane at Donington. And, and then, uh, saw a yellow flag. So I eased off and he kept his toe down. So then round the next corner, it was um, checkered flag. They stopped at a, a lap uh, early and I wasn't going to go to the stewards and say, oh, my mate overtook me on the yellow flag. So actually, I, it well, was... The yellows
0: were out for the chicane. He overtake you into the chicane.
1: He overtook me into the chicane, yeah. And you can see the
0: yellows approaching yeah, the yeah.
1: chicane. But the stewards didn't pick up on it. But it was... Um, I, I was never, ever, ever going to do that. And he, we had the most amazing battle. So... Um, but I got the fastest lap, as you said. So it wasn't massive, It wasn't really fast, and it was in the second lap.
0: Have, have they got at Donington the uh, the illuminated flag squares?
1: Yeah, it's an MSV. So they because
0: are brilliant. I saw that Thruxton when they they were testing the lights at Thruxton when I was down there doing some BMW rides, yeah. and they really catch your eye. I mean, there are in the past I've often said the more they move Marshall's posts further away from the track for safety reasons, I've often said, well, you know, you can't see these bloody flags. Yeah. But coming, so coming down the straight to the chicane, was there a big yellow light?
1: There, there was, yeah. So it came on. It came on. I overtook Mark. I um, was only a car past him. And then yeah. I saw it. So I put my hand up and, um, and then Mark just carried on going. <laughs> what
0: did he say? After? Did you have a chat with him about it? Did, well, we did, did not chat. see the yellow?
1: Well, the first thing I did when I went in, I said, Mark, I'm so sorry, but I've got third. And they said, oh, you know, it was close. It was close. And then I thought about it, and I just thought, I Mark was up on the podium and everything. No one knew anything. So what that means in racing terms, I'd have had to take my card to the stewards and logically claim oh, no. against yeah. my mate, and which I just wasn't going to do. But uh, <laughs> it was a brilliant, brilliant racing weekend. This Caterham Racing is incredible. It's so close, and it's, it's so brutal as well. <laughs> but, um, uh, we've got a new... And four-
0: race two, fastest lap, or fourth place race two, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I got fourth place. But do you know what? Actually, do you know why I didn't? Another reason why I didn't um, complain was because uh, Fred Chiddix was lying third. Fred, Jeff Newman, Fred Chiddix, and Charlie Lower are ahead of everyone else. They are consistently ahead of everyone else. Fred got a puncture. So I would would have, at best, only had fourth anyway. So um, um, so there you go. Uh, And finally. But hang on, David Rook. Dr. David Rook, one of my colleagues, he had a brilliant race. He's a new follower. Um, so I got to mention him. And, <laughs> and also, even though I felt knackered, because that's when my COVID came on.
0: Be a follower, so, get a mention. This is
1: the thing be a follower, <laughs> get a mention. I drove the car home as well. Two days of hard practice testing. Two days of brutal racing, getting hit all over. I drove the car home. It's about 120 miles. So that, those cars are just amazing. I love them so much. And then you got COVID. And then I, uh, yeah, then I got home, and I was in bed from. I got home about three o'clock. I was in bed from four o'clock until this morning. <laughs> Completely wiped out. And finally, yes.
0: Terrible. He's gone. He's <laughs> gone back down under. He's gone back down under. Michael what Mas- a shame
1: What do you think of Michael Massey leaving the FIA completely?
0: Wonderful. Had to happen. I mean, I'm, isn't everyone likes the bloke and the FIA were really good? They gave him another job, you know. But I, I, think, I think he knew he just couldn't stay working there because he just knew, you know, there's still, still so much, so many memories. So he's gracefully gone, which is great. I think he had to walk out and find a new life, a new career. Um, and he's been very nice, and his, his retirement speech hasn't mentioned the incident, obviously. You um,
1: if you you are responsible for writing history or rewriting history, that you, you you literally you are the man responsible for rewriting history that the world's most se- successful ever Formula One driver uh, <laughs> wasn't because of you. It's just just so bizarre.
0: Sits on your shoulders forever, doesn't it? Really.
1: Well, I don't know how he feels. He just seems quite... I, I don't want anyone to lose their job and I don't want anyone to get knocked in life. Uh, I really don't. I'm such a positive person. But, but how must he feel? And, and I just feel that he just seems a bit arrogant about the whole thing. I, I, don't, know. I don't know.
0: I think maybe massively regrets it. Maybe, just a, you know, he just carried away on a spur of a moment. He just sort of pressed the wrong button. Something in his head.
1: Yeah. And we all, so, we've all, we all done it. We all, we all made mistakes. Uh, talking mis- mistakes in Formula One... Um, you, you, your mate, Bernie. Uh, 400- yeah, guess okay. More, yeah. In the also, also in the news. Four hundred. This is a good thing about doing a, a podcast. A couple of days later, <laughs> we have got some breaking news. Four hundred million tax fraud investigation was. Uh, that's, that's... Well,
0: first of all, he supports Putin, his mate Putin, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, Bernie's really completely now, completely lost the plot. What's he
1: doing coming um, out and saying that? Anyone that hasn't seen that, he literally said that, I, don't know. I but would he... take a bullet for Putin.
0: Yeah. I mean, in the past, sometimes I quite enjoy it. He, he always throws a controversial statement into the pond, just to make the waves go. You know, That's been Bernie's style. But the, the supporting Putin, I just don't know where he's come from. But so maybe he's got the 400 million in, in rubles somewhere. Does he, really,
1: does he really want to spend the rest of his life in prison for tax fraud? I mean, it's just, it, it just baffles me because he's clearly got more money than most countries. Yeah. And wh- why would you do a tax fraud of, of that sort of money where just pay it and, and live a clean life? I don't get it.
0: People with money want more money. It's a bizarre world. You know, we've seen these people with billionaires with massive yachts and, you know, <laughs> You don't need any (laughs) more. You've got enough.
1: You'll never be able to spend it. But they
0: got a lot of money in the first place because they're people that just desperate to have a lot of money. Yeah. Power. Anyway, moving on.
1: Next week, we got um, a world rally in um, Estonia. Uh, That's very dramatic. It's much nicer when it's um, snowing, actually, but you've got these beautiful pine forests. Uh, IndyCar in the USA. Um, Is it? An
0: embassy? yeah. It's on on Toronto. Toronto. Oh, okay. Great track, very tight. You've got this massive long straight, a lot of fiddly bits. Always a dramatic race in Toronto. So Toronto Inti car, try to. I know people have to subscribe to watch it. Uh, IMSA race, which is probably on internet somewhere if you can get it. But it's this 1.5 mile lime rock track, right? a right little ring. That'll be quite spectacular with the uh, LMP1 cars. So yeah, a lot of entertainment in America on Sunday nights. Also- World Rally Championship if you can get to see it.
1: Yeah, northeast also. There's uh, NASCAR up in New Hampshire,
0: so uh, yeah, of, of course,
1: America. And also
0: in America, there's E E um, round round the docks, not the city centre. The city centre electric racing. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually on some dockland, which in fact they're not racing next year because they're, they're rebuilding the dockland. Yes, it's got New York in the back of where every photo. You can see the New York skyline. There's two races: the former E's and New York. The only thing big stuff in Britain is the British Superbikes at Donington. So if you fancy doing something different, if you haven't been to bikes, that's a great entertaining weekend at Donington. Uh,
1: do you know, I got to say, after just spending many hours driving around it over the last few days, they must be off their heads, especially
0: Or <laughs> bikes
1: Donington, it's just crazy. Craners is a is a very undulating um, downhill. Then you've got a sort of fairly sharp right hand at the bottom. I couldn't imagine going down there on a bike. I really <laughs> couldn't imagine it. And there's not that much runoff either. So, <laughs>
0: Talking of Donington when you're racing, do they still have the tyre stacks at the chicane?
1: Yes, and they got hit a couple of times, one hard in the 420s and it, uh, and one to now race as well. Because the problem is... Like, well, were, were you apexing on the tyre stack? They give you a little bit. You've got those little tiny rumble strips like the things you get in... Yeah, the- but were you going
0: over those and apexing on the tyre stack? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so why not move the tyre stack to the edge of the track.
1: Yeah, that's what
0: I was. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna apex on the tire on the tire yeah, stack. Exactly. Wherever, so. yeah.
1: wherever the tire stack is, that's where you apex. So we, yeah, we were. Able- so
0: you're you're damaging your cars going. I mean, right rumble strips. Yeah, but you're still apexing on the tire wall.
1: Poor old Theo had a big crash behind me. There was uh the only way. <laughs> it's really brutal. So I sent it up the inside down the straight. Theo didn't back out. I was on the inside of Mark. So I had the line. So it was almost a bit of a carting move that everyone was doing on me the day before, blocking them, turning in on you. So I was well there on the on there. And then instead of Theo backing out and taking his medicine, he tried to go three wide, lost it, attacked Mark at the back, lost it, went sideways. And then Simon Patel, who was racing incredibly well, went into Theo at 53 miles an hour and uh, broke his chassis. So Theo was racing unbelievably well this weekend as well. It's all so tight now, to- I can't wait for you to come back. But I don't think you're there, there until Knock Hill, which is the last race of the season. I think you're busy for Anglesey. Um, but we'll, we'll find Both
0: out. are quite a long way away way from where I live. Much as I know it's exciting racing, they're quite a long way away, those two. So. It's
1: not that will be fine. So we'll, we'll Wonderful.
0: Go. So, yeah, lots of action. next weekend as always. Post your comments on everything down below.
1: Sorry it's late. But I blame COVID. But uh, thanks for joining us as always. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, and quickly, make sure you hydrate, put the suntan lotion on, don't die this week. Don't die. We got I read somewhere.
1: Roads there, was, the, the,
0: there was a night they were going to do a heat alert. I think this was on, on Sunday. I read this for Monday. A heat alert will go out at 9am on Monday. Oh, the sirens go off. <laughs> where, where does this heat alert come from? <laughs> Road, uh, it's road, hot. Roads it road happens.
1: The, UK, the sun's out in the UK. Uh, who would believe it? Anyway,
0: who would believe it? Hey, thanks. Uh, for- if I were you, just have a cold beer, boys. Cheers and girls.
1: Bye. <laughs>